Hello. Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format. We keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful at inconsistent speeds in the world of Pioneer. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with both of my beautiful, lovely co-hosts are back. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan. Welcome back to me, right? Um, I've been gone a lot recently. I've been <laughs> either doing... I had a vacation last week, and uh, the, I think the week before that I was just like super busy because of like stuff going on. But hey, I'm happy to record again. Um, Ashiak, that was the first time I got called beautiful on a podcast. I'm kind of flourished right now. I'm like blushing, you know. But I'm hmm. I'm living the dream, you know. I'm uh, I, we had a we had a magic tournament here pretty recently. Uh, and your boy your boy got his invite for the next RC cycle, so now nice. I ain't got stressed so much and. You know, we're living the dream, and now I'm excited to talk about some competitive results, you know? Finally, something in my wheelhouse. I ain't got to talk about this Boros poo-poo deck. Huh. Well, thank you guys for doing that, by the way. I mean, I could have done it, but, like, I would have been a zombie the whole time because of jet lag. Oh, yeah. Ain't no fang. I think we, I think we like, rocked it out of the park. I would have been like... Yeah, I figure, you know, this work. week you're back. I can just kind of yeah. relax and let you handle everything here. Oh, you want me to, you want me <laughs> to take over? I'll just jump in to say that I hate something. <laughs> I mean, what well, we, we... Perfect. You know, we're still kind of on the... Uh, the bi-weekly schedule, but this is kind of a bonus uh, week, I think, because, you know, we have a lot of information that comes out at the beginning of a new set, and we kind of want to handle that uh, before we jump into the uh, the set review. Probably, set review is going to be, what, next week, right? Uh, I think official spoilers are, I think they either end next Friday, or yeah. it's something similar to that. Yeah, I think they Because I know set release, set release is on the 20th, so, or so not on the 20th. Possibly, um, we'll 17th. do a set review next week. But, um, yeah, you know, because we have a new set coming out, I thought, hey, let's just finish up uh, Wildsville Drain Pioneer metagame. Uh, we've had a whole nother month of results since, you know, we last went over. I think last one we went over finished, like, on September 30th or, like, September 1st. Yeah, or, I no, do was October 1st. It was definitely, I think the last one we talked about was the, the, the last one in September or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So can I can I do a quick shout out to the uh, to the Pioneer format? I think is four years old now. Yay! Oh yeah, because it... which also means our this podcast here is four years yeah. old. Yeah, nice. That's about nice. as long as I'm yeah. playing competitive. Crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Talk a little bit about uh, Wild of Eldraine meta, and I thought the other thing we could talk about is the mechanics of Lost Caverns of Ixaline. We didn't really have a chance to do that last time. Uh. So like, I think we kind of just ran through the wild soul drain without really covering that and i think it kind of needs its own thing because right. otherwise it's going to add too much time to the uh how can i say the the set review episode e. all right so yeah let's start off with uh some results again you guys can find all these results in our uh pioneer event result channel we put them up there who wants to go first kevin ashiak uh, no, it's definitely not uh, me. I'm not yeah, the it's all right. It's here. all right. I got, I got everyone here. You know, I always carry the hard weight when it comes to competitive times. Uh, it's your boy. So uh, we're starting on the first. We'll just, yeah. yeah, we'll just start with the least. Though it's the oldest, and then work our way. Um, so in first place, we got uh, Phoenix. Second, Elves. Then it goes Boros Agro. Uh, let me check here. Ninety nine percent sure it was heroic. Yeah, it's heroic. Cool, heroic. Uh, then we got boats, and then we got mono uh, green, and then we have Golgari mid range, uh, Lotus Field combo, and then spirits blue white to be specific. Uh, very uninteresting top eight minus the Golgari mid range. Uh, this Absent mm. Elves player, he is like all he does is play elves. He's like the elves innovator, and every once in a while a dart lands and he wins or does well. So 
It's always, it's always fun to see when he does, but uh, this is just, I don't know, Elves is just the most uninteresting archetype to me, so I always go. I mean, do you want to talk about the Golgari midrange deck real quick? The um, yeah, sure. this what, sixth place? Because I think, you know, it was the flavor of the week. I don't know if it stayed around afterwards, but what did this deck uh, do right, I guess? So, yeah, a lot of, so during, in the Canadian RC specifically, like this was like a little bit afterwards uh, in Calgary. Um, so the Golgari midrange had a really big, I, I wouldn't say breakout, but it was like kind of splashed throughout. Like there was two deck lists from, uh, I think one was 10th and one was like 16th or something like that. Like there, there, there was two that were posted and people started trying it because the thing about Golgari is it is a mid-range deck that I think it has a better time dealing uh, with red black. Uh, like in the mirror, like you, you, you just start to go over top of them because of the amount. because your threats are a lot better, um, mm-hmm. and then you also just kind of like can handle mono green a little bit easier with the green cards. So, I it, it just kind of like worked out for them, you know. Uh, Glissus Sunslayer is like low key, just one of the most OP cards without it, a home in the entire yeah. format. I think. Yeah, it, that card is criminally underrated. It's just she's so much more play, but sadly, no one deck wants to play it. But this one, every time I play against it, I hate it. I'm like, oh my god, this is so strong. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel you there. I don't know how many times that I've faced down a, a Glissa Sun Slayer with a Fire's Invention play and nothing really to block it, and I'm like, hmm, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. Well, there goes your fires of invention and your enigmatic incarnation and everything else. There goes literally everything I love. Yeah. Now this list, uh, there, there, there isn't a whole lot of like, there's, there's like some variants because like Doomwave played a list and got tenth or something like that this challenge, mm-hmm. and like his list is like smoking something to be honest because he's playing huh. these, this card called lord skitter which it, it was was more so inspired from the canadian rc but it was only like a one or two of this guy went for like three and played a murderous rider i don't think i've seen murderous riders he play in this format since yeah uh, i could play goblin dark black that's what it was yeah. uh i don't know if there's anything like too 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 interesting in any other slots uh, i didn't really see a whole lot of like cool changes or attempts at mm-hmm. other things um i think this might be was this the start of rona combo where it started like with the orion I, so. I think this might have been the first yeah. time it kind of like sprung onto the scene and we had nasif playing it for this event and the deck that we're referring to is like so it's a yorion deck with a bunch of elves and a bunch of these two mana creatures like kinnon paradise druid sylvan carry at it and rona and you have the rona combo in your deck but you also have Luca to turn your two drops into an Atraxa to refill your hand uh, and to just find the combo. Because e- each piece of the combo is a different cre- uh, type. Like, you need the creature being Rona, you need the instant speed, which is Retraction Helix, and then you need the artifact, which is Mox Amber. So an Atraxa can just theoretically just put the combo in your hand. And then, like, you can get a Planeswalker, Tyvar, boom, mm-hmm. broken. Um, you want to jump into the next month or something, sorry, the next week of uh, the Pioneer Challenges because there actually was a, a couple more Rona combos there we could probably talk more about if you wanted to. Yeah, I believe the next one's the 7th, right? Yeah, so. yeah, so on the 7th there was the Joa Claudiums list yeah. and this one again, it's you know, the Atraxa Luca being Attracts is really the only thing you can find with it, so same way you can uh, jump into that. Yeah, I'll jump into it, don't worry. Uh, so for first place for this one, oh my god, is it Phoenix again? Whoa, crazy! Um, then we got Boros Convoke, Mono White Humans, Mono Black Discard, is it Phoenix, Rakdos Sacrifice, and then the combo deck we were referring to, and then Mono Red, Aggro. <gasps> An Aggro deck! <gasps> Whoa! Huh. Uh, yeah, um, 
again, we're, we're seeing this list again. Um, the thing that I always had like concerns when, the, sorry, when these lists first started coming out, I, I saw the deck list and I was like, why is this deck playing Karn? This is the worst Karn deck I have seen in a hot minute. And I, this list specifically, the seventh place one is like infinitely like, it, it just kind of like shows you where they were originally with this. Cause we still see like a paradox engine in the board with the two Brignolites. And like, they were just trying to figure out where Brignolite was good. There's also an Urza's Ruinous Blast in the board for God knows what reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, and then I think the only other like spice things that are like actually here are like the Mono Black Discard and the the Mono Negro. Is there anything different between this and the twelfth place version? Uh, oh, this is killer. Twelfth place seems twelfth place seems to have a lot more one ofs. Uh, yeah, they, they, they probably were like trying to abuse a little bit more of like, uh, uh well, they, they had their bring the lights in the main deck. And so I think killer SUV, uh, he's a part of like some testing team in like the South USA. I don't know where mm-hmm. exactly, but, uh, they, 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 him and, uh, someone that we'll f- figure out a little bit later, Bilsov, uh, who's also playing this list, uh, will have been like grinding this list pretty, pretty consistently. And this is where like the list started being really good. Uh, and yeah, they're just playing a lot, a lot more of these like one of targets for the Bring the Lights, like uh, Extinction Event. The Fate of Wishes is a lot better than the Karns, uh, and we'll see the Karns get cut eventually. But like the Aether, because like the Aether Flux Reservoir is like the easiest way to kill on Moto, so we just play the Aether Flux Reservoir. So there was also some hidden strings and some enigmatic fires. So we got some value engines here. We got some combos. Yeah, the top thirty two is like... pretty diverse. Yeah, it seems like very anti. I would say there's not a lot of aggro. I mean, I know there's some Boros. Yeah. There is Mono Red Aggro on top of it, and Boros Aggro is. Yeah. Sorry, Boros Convoke is second. Like, they did pretty well. There's two Mono Black Discard players in the top 32. So. Mm. Yeah, this Mono Black Discard deck is something we've seen before. It's like the Waste Knot pile. But I think the card that we're starting to see a lot more, I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but like Rankle's Prank is like actually seeing a lot more play now. Oh, like I don't see that deck. on the seventh. Is that on the eighth? Nope, on the seventh, fourth place. Oh, fourth place. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, fourth place. Rankle's prank. Uh, we're seeing a three of there. I, I don't know if we mentioned that before, but like that card is like seeing a little bit more play in these decks. Like they, it, it found a very niche home. I don't think this deck's very good, but it, it, it and I don't think Rankle's prank's very good either. But I mean, hmm. I guess that means it works out because they're both not great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, move on to the eighth. Kevin, you good? Yeah, you want, to do, you want to do Kevin? Yeah, I got the eighth. All right, let's go for it. All right, so this one, you know, kind of similar. We got this number one is the five color Rona combo. We got Just Guy Ascendancy, Rectos Sack, uh, Lotus Field. Is it Phoenix? Is it Phoenix? Rectos Midrange and Mono White Humans. So those combo decks sitting at the top here, and then the rest of it looks a little bit more normal. So yeah, so to quickly touch over it, uh, the five color Rona deck that did win was the twelfth place list we were mentioning from before. It's just same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second place, we start to see like Just Guy Ascendancy see a little bit more mm-hmm. play from Taimu. Taimu loves this deck. Uh, he is a Finnish player that I know very well. Um, we used to talk a lot and you know figure out deck lists, but then I kind of figured out he's on like an entirely different wavelength than I am. The way that he approaches decks is like <laughs> just another player that comes to mind that also does this is like Trellin. Like these two players just like approach deck lists so differently to me. But we also play a lot of the same oh, things. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, his list is like super cool. Uh, it's it it, it, it has uh, ju- this is just the uh, the fork or the just guy sanity combo. There is no Rona combo. Uh, it is just Emery and the archaeologist archaeolo- uh, uh, as like the creatures. That is it. 
uh, you are all in on trying to do it. Or I guess you do have like Sahili for like a backup plan, but it's not like a very, you know, reliable mm-hmm. or like focused on it. Uh, but there's no Sylvan carry I did. Like this one's just pretty. I am playing Jeskai, and that is it. Yeah, more combo. Um, get some transmogrify in this in this this, uh, this challenge. We have uh, mono block trimer. Like we have the uh, Demir control again. I know that popped up uh, last time we were talking about the metagame. Oh yeah, Mister Cauliflower with Demir control. Yeah, I know he's like a really good player from like France, and I don't remember his like human name, but. Yeah. Who needs those? Yeah. Who who even right. cares? Uh, should we keep continuing looking for some more uh, interesting decks? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, yeah I'm just quick else? looking through, seeing if there's anything else in this top 32 ooh, ooh. worth shouting out. I'm gonna do the next one. Trends, I'm gonna do the next one. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right. So Boros Convoke won this one, and then now we're seeing uh, an updated to. Or I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. The second place was also the Rona Combo deck. Third, Hidden Strings. Fourth, ooh. Ignatic Fires. Uh, Kruger wow. Fires specifically. Um, Rakdos Midrange, Boros Convoke, Mono Black Discard, Mono White Humans. That is the top eight. With Jabberwocky just barely missing out. And I want to shout out that fourth place person. I bet they're like the coolest person in the world. Um, huh. yeah, they nice. must be like a really, a really good player. I um, think they're on a podcast. They, oh, you really think so? Wow. wow. Yeah. It's, it's me for those who don't know. It's me. I'm, okay. I'm the cool person. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, I'll talk about my list in a sec. I want to talk about the updated list. So, uh, I ended up losing to Bilsiv in the quarter or the semis, um, and he, this is where the updated list went to. They cut Yorion and were playing, I think, seventy six cards or something ridiculous, um, and just like they they so you, as you can see, the sideboard got a lot better because he decided to cut the cards and the like trim down on a lot of this other. I'm gonna quotations extra stuff like an elf got shaved, uh, a Luca got shaved. Um, a kitten got shaved, like a lot of these random other cards, and like I think a land got shaved too. So they they, they just like cut uh, how many is it? I think it's uh, fifteen, whatever eighty two minus fifteen is. That's how many cards they played main deck. Um, so th- sixty seven. Look at you go being better at math than me. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, with Boros Convoke winning, uh, Boros Convoke. I don't think actually had anything like that interesting or that cool. Uh, just kind of you know the classic stuff. Um. But yeah, your boy, your boy got fourth, and I was playing the list that I usually, or sorry, that I stole from the Canadian RC. Um, I finally had like time to sit down and play, so you know we decided to do well and win a lot more. Oh uh, crap! There's a lot of five color Rona combo in this. Yeah, there is. I I during my run into top eight, I quite literally never saw one. So it's kind of insane or, until I until I lost to it in like the semis, but I, I never saw one. Which is just nuts. Also, shout out to Harry Thirteen, Abzan Greasefang Thirteenth. Go you, Claudia with the Azorius uh, control there. I see. <sighs> he still plays that man. He just Very still nice. plays it. Regardless, <laughs> regard, I, I think even the challenge last night. He's. Uh, I was. We were talking, and he was like, "I, I think I'm gonna play this with the RC." And I'm like, "Claudio, please don't scam yourself. This deck is unplayable, Claudio." Harry Thirteen. Claudio, don't do it. Abzan Greasefang. It's so weird. It's not yeah, blue he's. Black. He's swap well, like control is just in such an unplayable spot, and mm-hmm. you can tell that when Harry Thirteen switches off of control. <laughs> uh, he he's been playing a lot of like Phoenix and Greasefang right now. He's just he's enjoying playing leagues of Greasefang, which I, I don't I don't I don't shame, but I'd never do that. 
So I know I, I just want to do a quick shout out to Bioprof dude in uh, chat. He wrote something in Mailbag. It says, how do you think Paper Magic and Pioneer differs from digital play? And I think this is like a great way to kind of show how it differs, how everyone just kind of jumped on to one deck right away. Like all these Rona combo, all these is a Phoenix, just the ability to switch so quickly, you know, from week to week um, is just so much easier to do digital than yeah. uh, in the physical paper magic, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think, yeah, I do think the clearest difference is the is like just the fact that we have like these rental services online that just allow me to switch whatever I'm playing whenever I want, quickly as I want, never matters. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I I could, and I think the metagame online shifts so much more rapidly and like whiplashes you all over the yeah. place than your paper magic will. Yeah, uh, it's because more volatile. Once once you buy the cards, a lot of people aren't gonna like spend. Yep. I don't know. Uh, very dependent like i i I think it's very dependent to be fair like this five color rona deck i don't think we would see a whole lot of like uh, Mm -hmm. if if if, like there was an rc and this was like a breakout deck because like a lot of these cards are like cards that people wouldn't already own like lucas Mm. and uh the bring lights and the atraxas and the mox ambers like they might own some of it like they might own some of the mono green pile they might own some of the rona pile but i don't think they own both so it, it's it's a lot harder to create but like with boros convoke like every single card was like a dollar so it was a lot easier to put together so i think a price has so much more of an impact on paper play uh so you won't see a lot of like swapping would you guys agree that you'd probably the average pioneer player is probably only playing two colors nope like you don't think so I don't think it's two colors. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think color is the argument whatsoever. I think the argument more so comes to how many decks can they own or how many, like, because, like, like. Well, exactly. You know, because, like, no. you can buy the Boros mana base and build, like, four decks. Or you could buy the Rakdos mana base and Rakdos cards and build, like, four decks. I, I, I think you're basing this I, a lot think, more on I think bases. the interesting point that Ryan is touching on here that, we, that could be mentioned is that Pioneer has a weird dichotomy where. You're not playing three mana decks. You're paying. You're playing maybe a one mana, probably a two mana, or you're playing a four or five mana, like, you know, different yeah. color decks. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, there, there's not. <laughs> it's one of those weird things where, like, if you're gonna go more than two colors, you're kind of gonna go all the colors. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I, I. I guess that's like a little bit more fair. I think the only really example that we really see that being three colors is maybe like, like Grease Fang and like sometimes Spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I think it has a lot more to do with just kind of like. Uh, instead of like mana bases, I think it has to do more with like cards they own kind of thing. Like I, I think a lot of people will just own like two or three decks, and I think, I think the thing that people uh, have a lot of issue with, at least when I talk to like a lot more of the casual players uh, at the scenes, is just kind of like they, there's so much, uh, there's so much uh, similarity in play patterns. Like if you own all the Boros mana bases, all those decks play kind of the same with very mm-hmm. slight differentials, and so I think somebody will own Pia, but then they won't be like, okay, so I already had the mana base. I'm going to move to Convoke. Mm-hmm. I'm, they're going to be like, okay, uh, what am I going to do next? I'm going to completely throw this deck away and go with Lotus because it seems like fun. That's usually <laughs> what I end up seeing. It's just kind of like I'm going to own two very different decks that have very different play patterns just because I want the diversity with FNMs because you don't want to be playing the same goddamn thing every week. You know? Okay. That's at least how I view it or like I can like I have the information for um, anything else on 1014 Pioneer Challenge, or do you guys move on to the next one? I want to say that the seventh place guy, the mono black discard guy, uh, I beat, mm-hmm. by the way, which was very surprising to me. I didn't think I'd win that matchup. And he was the saltiest saltiest person I've played against in a while. And it was very <laughs> fun. So shout out that guy. 
All right, I'm ready to move on. All right, uh, 10.15. I guess I haven't done one yet. I can go over these real quick if yeah, you want to. Um, so, Pioneer Challenge from uh, October 15th. We had Rakdos Sacrifice in first, Boros Convoke in second, Gruel Agro in third and fourth, Rakdos Midrange, uh, Mono Black Midrange. No, I'm guessing this isn't Discard. What, which one is this, actually? Uh, this um, is... It's very similar, but it's it, it's just like Mono Black, like Invoke Despair, go for the throne. Yeah. Play so your play your trespassers. It's a lot more like or... mid range style, like like yeah. red black yeah. without fable. Just think of it that way. There we go. Um, so that was in sixth place, seventh place, mono white humans, eighth place is it Phoenix. Um, so this seems more like a return to normalcy with quotations around that. Of course, just you know, Gruel's back, um, Rakdos is back. Uh, I don't see any of that combo. There's a little bit, you know. I think uh, someone ninth place hit hit uh, Runo combo, and Lotus was on tenth place. But you don't see a lot of the other combo decks that had really uh, taken over the meta in the week before or the day before. The thing to mention about this this event specifically is that it wasn't a, a a typical challenge. It was a showcase challenge, so that means it mm. qualifies for like a bigger event. So mm. I think this event when I played in it was. I want to say somewhere around 300 people or something ridiculous. So it, it was like a relatively big event. And so what we're seeing with these top decks are uh, like a lot of these names are very well-known names like Jabberwocky, yeah. McWinsauce, Edel, which is Willie Edel, um, and a mental misstep. Uh, I forget his actual human name. It's like Stefan something. Uh, but we, we're seeing a lot of these players that kind of just like play a lot of these decks or play the meta a lot and just kind of like really honed in their skill. Like Jabberwocky has been playing Rakdo Sacrifice for god like, like sorry sacrifice style decks for like years now in pioneer and mm -hmm. it, it kind of really rewarded him for this because it's already just like really good in the meta and like it just pushed it forwards and we see a lot less of this like random diversity because like four more rounds of magic against sorry three more rounds of magic against a lot better players kind of just like i think this paints a better picture of what pioneer is right now mm -hmm. just because a lot, lot better players uh at the top tables a lot more uh, a lot more rounds a lot more uh, a lot less um uh how do i say this uh sporadic results a lot more mm -hmm. of the consistency less less of the uh the random decks that you know would pop up you know maybe at a big event sort of thing or, or see like Friday i say this but then 11th place is niv to light so what do i know yeah. <laughs> also harry 13 and 17th with uh, abs and grease fan nice nice Perfect. Love it. Um, move on to the next one. We got a couple more. I mean, I, I posted this again. This is all in our Discord. We have the 1021, 1022, and 1028 Pioneer Challenges, if you want to run through those. I can do 1021. Go for it. If you guys want me to. We got a, we so got a returner. Just, yeah, so uh, Pioneer Challenge on October 21st, we had Rakdos Sacrifice. Uh, in first and second, Jabberwocky had second. This is, again, the, the, the Swiss top eight. Uh, Burroughs Convoke in third. Hidden Strings in fourth. Rona Combo. Uh, coming back uh, in fifth, uh, sixth was Hidden Strings again, Lotus Field. Demir Control uh, made it into the top eight in seventh place. And then we had en Enigmatic Fires uh, on eighth place there. And more Hidden Strings. We had some Biscuit Ascendancy. Uh, a lot of Rectos Midrange uh, in the top 32 here. More Rona Combo. More Value Engines. Yeah, I mean... It's just they're 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 just vying for supremacy. It's just like they're going back and forth, back and forth. It seems with this uh, digital metagame. Yeah, um, it's a lot of like rock paper scissors and like rock paper scissors thinking style. Because when you see like both of last week's challenges or whatever, and you're like, "Okay, what beats those decks that were at the top?" Oh, mm -hmm. 
hidden strings combo. And sometimes we're like, okay, so what beats the decks that beats those decks? And then some people will just copy the lists that won last week and be like, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Like, this, the, like, the eighth place copied exactly what I played and top aided with last week, but he cut a card. Nice. That's all he did. He just cut. I was playing 61, so he just cut a card. And we see Jabberwocky in second again, so Jabberwocky's the goat. Yeah, I mean, nothing super interesting. It's just, uh, again, this is the end of the metagame, so it's kind of solidifying, and like you said, it's just going to become rock, paper, scissors um, until we get some... uh, I think someone's been working on a magic uh, AI called... No, whatever. No, 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 there's there's that magic GPT thing that's that's been floating around Twitter. It's very funny. Yeah, so I mean, I could see you know something like that happening in the future where you'll just be able to like type in, "Hey, this is the metagame. What deck should I play?" Yeah, <laughs> and we got explain there your reasoning. That's gonna happen sooner <laughs> or later, I think. It'll be like, you know, it'll be like you should be playing uh, Hogak. It'll be like, huh? Okay, Bart AI is, is the best. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't think Bar- I don't think technology is advanced enough to think that Bard class is the best. I think that only takes like a very key brain. <laughs> <laughs> smooth brain right no 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 yeah. i didn't say that let me be... <laughs> no uh, i think the only the other thing i wanted to mention <laughs> is shout out fourth place my boy karate dominic he's decided to switch he's he's been like getting like a top eight in challenges pretty consistently with red black nice. he's like i'm just gonna play the lotus field because i'm smarter than everyone and well he keeps winning so got him all right so that was 21 who wants to get the next one i think we have 22 and 28 okay if you want to take this one i'll take next sure yeah 28th one second. Uh, 22nd, 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 22nd. Oh, I'll grab the 22nd. You can grab the 28th. Okay, uh, 22nd, first place, white, black. Yeah, it's uh, second place, Rectus midrange. Third, Zorius. Uh, fourth, is it Phoenix? Fifth, Boris Convoke. We had a Lotus Field. Five, color Rona. Five, color Rona. Let me quick check what this uh, white, black deck is here. Yeah, the white, black um, deck is like a Beseech the Mirror type uh, uh, midrange value type type like thing um, yeah, basically basically what you're trying to do with this deck is you're just trying to uh value your opponent out with a lot of these one-for-one removal spells until you get to the later turns where you can use beseech the mirror to get literally whatever you need uh you need a threat boom shield of the apocalypse oh you need card draw demonic pact and like the thing about this is like this deck works really well because you're going one for one a lot with like vanishing verse shieldred's edict all these other cards and you just instantly refill your hand with a treacherous blessing, and then you can just sack that to beseech the mirror. And so you don't really have the drawback of losing life, or you can Yorion flicker it. And well, drawing six cards is a lot of cards. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems just, like a, I'm so excited. I can't believe I missed that this deck was seeing play because you know this is exactly the kind of thing I yeah. was messing with at the beginning of the se- uh, season here. So yeah, what I, do you guys think? I mean, I want to ask both of you guys. Do you think this could have some legs? Is this a a, a, a burgeoning uh, meta deck, or is it just a flash in the pan? What do you guys think? That's a flash in the pan. It is, but it, it, it's 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 a fun one. Yeah. It's a fun one. It's gonna need some. You know, it's one of these really interesting ones where like there's a lot of kind of one ofs that it would take a lot of testing. Whether it's like, hey, is exactly one Archangel Elspeth correct in the eighty in the, the main deck? Like, no, uh, you know, mm. maybe he never saw it in in ten games, or maybe. Well, uh, I don't. Ah, my issue seven matches my issue with that is like i i I think like yeah there's a lot of these one ofs in here and like obviously some of them have more value than others and obviously sometimes you know you just never draw but like you kind of just have to evaluate like how many situations are you getting in where archangel elspeth or insert x card is the best one 
and that's mm-hmm. usually like because like I, I i approach this as being someone that casts a lot of bring delight and i you, you just have infinite choices so now you need to figure out like which is the best and i i, I can see where archangel elspeth gets a lot more value and it, it's a lot more to do with these like board stall type matchups where you're just kind of like sitting there and you can just like uptick it a few times because like with a lot of these creature decks you're going one for one against them with removal anyway and now you just have Archbishop Elspeth being able to uptick and do all these things. And I think you just need to approach it from what kind of board state do you think this card would be the best in? And because you, you have four copies of it in your deck, or five copies of it in your deck with Siege, right? Okay. Um, anything else we want to talk about from this um, week? There is something. I don't remember. Also, uh, another uh, another ninth place, Demir Control. Demir Control mm-hmm. just randomly is popping up, eh? Is that Wafo Tapo? Yeah, that is Waffle Tapo, I'm pretty sure. Uh, there's another Jeskai Ascendancy in 13th. Ooh. I think that's the first time we've seen the return of that. Uh, this five-color mid-range Shout deck out. is the Bring the Light deck, right? Shout out to um, Carnage Cards, 19th with Esper, Grease thing. Haven't seen that show up in a while. I haven't seen him show up in a while. <laughs> uh, and then we got 32, Doomwake, Mardu, Grease Fang. Uh, dude, he scammed himself into playing that. I watched the stream of him playing that deck. And every single time I watched him play it, and it was the most awful pile. And I guess he wanted to play it in the challenge, and I guess it worked out for him a little bit. I mean, it's funny because that's like how it started out, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It started out being Mardu because like people were like Lightning Axe, best interaction, and then people started realizing just how awful it is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, it 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 it's gonna take a lot to make Red the best Grease Fang thing. It's just because yeah. Red, all of Red's interaction is circumstantial with lightning axe or uh you need to wait till turn three to be able to discard things to fable that's just not good enough okay um move on to 1028 we are flying through these, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Got this. yeah we're only half hour in look at us go Woo. uh tons of tons of stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh so we got 1028 uh first place is it phoenix uh second place oh is it phoenix third place uh, this is my boy, Crydedom, on Hidden Stirrings. Uh, fourth, Boros Agro. Fifth, Is It Phoenix. Sixth, Demir Control. Seventh, uh, Boros Convoke. Uh, eighth, oh my god, Is It Phoenix. Mm. Uh, so Is It Phoenix had a pretty good tournament, because if we even look down, uh, it's also yeah. in 14th, 15th, 17th, and that's really all I care to scroll down. Yeah. So it did show up um, a lot, I think, in a previous uh, Pioneer Challenge that they just didn't do as well. There were a lot of them, like in the you know twentieth to thirtieth place uh, range. But why why is is it Phoenix better in this uh, you know last weekend going into the final? If we look at what we saw a lot of like beforehand, we saw a lot of these like combo type things, right? And we saw a lot of these more like I don't know, like we like Rakdos sack, and I think we saw some uh, more aggro. And so when people see a lot more of these decks, they're like, okay, I can take out less cards for Is It Phoenix. I can take out less of my graveyard hate. And then one tournament, this happens. Where Is It Phoenix just like, oh my god, wait, there's less graveyard hate? Boom, Is It Phoenix is all over the top. And that's just kind of what happens every once in a while. And well, this is the once in a while. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't see anybody really playing um, Thing in the Ice either. No, I think Thing in the Ice have just been like, has been just removed entirely. It's just not. Yeah, we talked a fair bit about that. It's just not the the deck matchups where Thing in the Ice is good just aren't really out there anymore. No, sadly, like in a like in a big aggro meta, I'm thinking it'd be good. Yeah, but uh, no, even even then, it, uh, it 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 just gets really awkward a lot of the time. 
Like against green, it's just awful. Also, shout yeah. out to green just dying. By the way, there is just like no green whatsoever in a Thank lot of those. But people still, still hate to play against it. <laughs> yeah, no, like we we still hate it. It yeah. it doesn't need to come back. It doesn't need to have a spot in the top meta like it has for the last three years. Or it's always going to be there. But yeah, sure. Don't worry. Next next time we'll be talking about it, and then boom, it'll show up again. Uh, um, we'll just like unban uh, <laughs> <Leilano> abundance <laughs> blister or something. <laughs> yeah, and leyline. Just give them both yeah, back. Not, you know, it's got to be there. It needs some help. <laughs> I can run through the. Uh, there's some paper events that went on. If you guys want me to run through those real quick. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what always makes you let's special. Go for it. I like paper. Um, there was an ANZ Magic Super Series final that went on. Uh, I think like two weeks ago, or maybe a week ago. Uh, that is, I believe, Australia, New Zealand. And uh, they had 156 people. Uh, they had Lotus Field combo uh, for first place. Again, this is just top of the Swiss. Uh, Gruel Vehicles, Rakdos Midrange, Boros Heroic, Boros Convoke, uh, Rakdos Midrange, Abzan Greasefink, and Boros Convoke. Uh, a lot of Rakdos in this field I'm looking at. Uh, not a lot of green. Um, so, again, it seems like just you don't see Rakdos show up in as big of numbers in uh, the online events as you do in paper. I think paper, a lot of people bought into that. It is a good deck. It will always be a good deck. And you're going to always see them do well um, in paper. And anything you guys want to say about those results? Yeah, I think this one was won by, I think it was the Boros Heroic player in fourth that ended up winning it. Uh, and mm. I think the, it was against Grease Fang in the finals. Um, and this one also includes the Island Nations, so how dare you disrespect the Island Nations that all play Magic. I don't know if there actually is any players in there, but it does <laughs> include them. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah, That's I don't know. There's not there's not a lot of, like, rant. There's not a lot of these, like, um, decks that are, like, that interesting. I know there was, like, a big testing team from... Mm-hmm. God, where was it? It was somewhere in Australia. I don't really remember. Um, but they were all testing Rakdos midrange, and they were really trying to fine tune it. And I think a couple, I think one of them got into top eight. It was kind of sad. I think the other one got eleventh or something like that as the next highest. But mm-hmm. their testing didn't really work out. But they were actually trying to innovate on Rakdos midrange, which is new and surprising. So go for them, you know. Okay. Um, you want me to run through the the last one real quick, and then we can jump into some Mixalon stuff. Of course. Yeah, sounds good. So the other one was the MTG China Open. I think it was 216 players or so. 215. Uh, 215, yeah, so not bad. Uh, we had uh, Abzan Greasefang, top of the Swiss, uh, first place. Racto Sacrifice, Is It Phoenix, Waste Not uh, in fourth place. Uh, Is It Phoenix, Boros Convoke. And then we had the uh, Rona Luca Combo in seventh. And then uh, Rakdos Midrange in eighth. Uh, pretty interesting here. Again, not a lot of green. Still a lot of Rakdos mid-range uh, in, in the top 25 here. A little bit of Is It Creativity, which we haven't seen in a while. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, it also had another or- Orzov mid-range. Uh, let me check that out real quick. What does that look like? Don't remember. Like Wandering Emperor, Shield Dread, Bank Buster. Kind of looks like that other one. Virtue of Loyalty. This is more mid-range, less of the, the combo. Yeah. The also the Rakdos sack player ended up winning. Um, okay. The second seat. Good to know. Um, ended up beating the the red black mid range player in eighth seat in the finals, which uh, Rakdos Rakdos sacrifice just absolutely poos on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I mean, just this seems like a, a very 
so open much field. Rackman's mid-range. Yeah, like, uh, Pioneer's just a really open format, and so obviously you can just bring whatever you like, and it probably works out, but a lot of Rakdos mid-range, though. There is a surprising mm-hmm. amount that ended up doing well, like, what is it, 16, 17, 18, 19? Or not 19, mm-hmm. no, 17, 18, 19, 15. <laughs> oh, is this the Orzhov mid-range deck from, like, the challenge? No, oh, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's, a, sent- it's very different. This is, yeah, this is more like uh, Rakdos mid-range, but Orzhov. I'm playing the Orion. It's not even the Orion. Wait, what? There's a Eternal Wander in the board. All right, I like this deck. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kevin, anything you want to say? You want to comment on the Orzov mid-range deck or what? No, like I said, I like it. I want to test around with that a little bit. I, I missed that that was uh, showing up. You know, I just clearly wasn't paying enough attention. We got some new things coming out, so I've been uh, following yeah. that and uh, excited to see if that can hold uh, hold any kind of place in the format because, God, I love that kind of deck. Just mid-range junk. <laughs> All right. Well, we are done with uh, Wilds of Eldraine, the Pioneer metagame for that. Let's move on to the mechanics of the Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Kevin, I think you always do a good job of kind of explaining everything. Have you got been able to wrap your head around what we got, you know, in this new set? Yeah, and th- these are complicated ones. So let me see if I can uh, jump into it. Happy to take the stage here and you know there's a lot of little one-off mechanics which i think is cool mm-hmm. with this set but let me kind of go over the, the new stuff you know, the key ones and starting off with uh explorer is back yeah Love to see that um you know that do i need to like explain how that one works i think that one's a redone but it, it's it's cool i think that you know it makes creatures bigger it puts things in the graveyard mm-hmm. gets you lands all that good stuff uh but added on to that we've got map tokens which is a new kind of evergreen token i think or at least, you know, maybe Deciduous Token, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, basically, it's just like another kind of like clue, except instead of drawing a card, it's one mana, and you have target creature explore. So uh, you can either draw a card if it's a land on top, or you can get the creature a plus and plus encounter and either put it in the yard or leave it on top. And it does force you to play creatures, right? If you don't have yeah, a creature, Yeah, yeah, it does force some it. creatures to be played. Haven't seen too many of the map cards yet, so I'm going to see some more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think those could be pretty exciting, and we've already seen a couple of good cards with it. Um, after that, we've got Descent. In there's like Descend and Descent in this. It's a little bit weird like that. Uh, to when you, whenever you put a card into the graveyard from anywhere, that means you've descended. So I think like you could theoretically errata some old cards to say that, but I know they won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also have a like Descent which is however many permanent cards are in your graveyard. Mm. Um, so I don't know why those sound so similar and are in the same set, but that might be confusing. Oh, I thought they were the same both one. Just like, hey, uh, no, there, there's cards that have descent and there's cards that ask when you descend. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a difference. I don't remember the difference, okay. but there yeah, is there, one. There's kind of a difference. Um, either way, it's you know it's kind of a redone version of Threshold of it's like, hey, I've got this many cards in my graveyard. I've got this mm-hmm. many permanents in my graveyard, um, except it's not just, you know, static seven it's it's whatever descend number and uh descent seems nice you know it's any like okay it's mill it's also you know play spells it's you know get things killed from the board anything that you do can add to that i feel like we've seen that kind of card on you know on a one-off card before and it's been cool so excited to see that work so, out do you guys want to talk about that mechanic real quick those are kind of like the the graveyard mechanics and we're getting more graveyard mechanics is this going to help any of the archetypes or any of the other mechanics we've had in the past like i thought hey maybe we'll be able to make delirium work finally nope. you know or i don't know is is there any is this gonna be better for uh grease fang <laughs> or is this gonna be better for uh for phoenix what, what do you guys think how, how are these gonna you know work in uh, pioneer uh i'm gonna be the debbie downer here um none of them work right now there is not one that has impressed me whatsoever for like graveyard strategies or anything like that with all with the, with the new mechanics 
um there's there's a lot of yeah it's almost really um, interesting there's a lot more like really interesting random one-off things that really help other strategies but there's nothing that just kind of like helps graveyard and generically you know well and that's almost the problem is we kind of need you know this is a graveyard based set Mm -hmm. so they can't make the graveyard enablers super powerful or they'll just be busted and limited we almost need the like we wait for a set where graveyard isn't good at all and then they can give us a one-off like you know faithless looting effect and it'll just be fantastic I mean, what about Delve with these these types of cards? Well, it, again, we just we haven't seen a card that like hardcore sets up mm-hmm. the graveyard. If we see one of those, then all of our graveyard mechanics will be able to benefit from yeah. it. But so far, we've seen you know a few you know small payoffs for graveyard kind of stuff, but we haven't specifically seen something that's like, oh, this is going to make Descend decks amazing, which would also make Delve decks amazing, which would also make would, you know our other graveyard decks amazing. Would it be hard? to design a you know a card or an ability like this like a graveyard mechanic that doesn't just help all of the graveyard mechanics across the board you know something that would for example only help delirium or only help delve well it's a it's really difficult because like that that, with that question because like a lot of these mechanics just kind of like i don't know like there is a couple of broken cards from delve there's a couple there's like not that many broken delirium cards Mm -hmm. um and it's just kind of like yes like obviously sometimes it'll help them but people are gonna find way more busted things to do with them as random one-offs than than just play more delve creatures or play more like other things like there's just more busted things to do all right sorry kevin i stopped you from going over the mechanics please continue i've got two more uh, mechanics i believe there's only two more you guys can tell me if there's more than that um the next one is where did it go uh i'm trying to remember the craft. name of it i know what it does it's basically the fixed version uh yeah there's craft but okay. uh, the one i was gonna Finality. go with is the um oh uh that that that's kind of new um discover <laughs> is what i was gonna oh, discover about. so yeah, okay. yeah so discover is kind of our new fixed version of um not storm brain uh what, what is the word i'm looking for <laughs> it's a fixed version of uh cascade oh yeah, yeah cascade yeah, yeah. there we go thank you yeah um, basically, yeah, you, you you know something enters and will discover, and then it'll be discover in a number, and you will cascade for that number essentially. Yeah, I think the key functionality difference for that one versus cascade is like I think this one puts it in your hand if you don't want to cast it. Yes, if you don't choose to cast it, so if you don't have a target for it, you know, if you hit a counter spell, if you hit a removal spell, and there's nothing to hit, you just put it in your hand instead, which is a uh, so it's it's cascade with upside maybe mm-hmm. for now. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, I think that that's interesting. We don't have the stuff that's abusable with Cascade, so I feel like they're going to have to be pretty careful. You know, they're going to be careful with Cascade because, you know, in older formats it could just be broken where there's zero mana spells you want to Cascade into, or, you know, just the, the entire deck is cheaper. Um, I'm yet to see just like a generic value Cascade card that's interested to me, but if we see one of those, I think it could uh, it could definitely show up in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to talk about what do you think? Yeah, I was gonna say, what, what, what do you think? What would it take to have a what kind of cascade or you know, we should call it what it's discover? Called. Uh, what, what discover card would it take for you to be interested in it? In it's gonna find a combo, you know, they're not going to, they're they're definitely not going to, but it would have to be something <laughs> that just really resembles like Bloodbird Elf or something similar, where it's just kind of yeah, like that's what I'm it's just kind of like this thing that like already is just kind of like good enough on its own that also can like discover into something that's pretty relevant and fit an archetype that's already just existing. The one that we got was four mana three two red creature, 
with Discover so, Three or whatever, and it that is just atrocious. Breadbraid's a, a four mana three two. Yeah, but this one that one has haste, and it's just ah. Yeah. So Disco- that's like a world of Discover difference. is like only a certain number of cards, right? It's not do it until you find something, right? I thought it was do it until you find something. No, just. Yep. Really? You do it until you yeah. find okay, something. Okay, so yeah. I mean, you could definitely, if you had a white card that discovered three and just do that for your Grease Fang. Yeah, but then you would only have that Grease mean... Fang as the thing you can discover into. And then yeah. everything else in your graveyard already. Maybe, eh. yeah. Yeah, that one, like, the, all of the setup cards to put the Parhelion in the bin cost less than that. So yeah. Grease Fang sadly mm-hmm. is not a great example, but like the thing, there's like a, there's like a five, there's like, a, but the thing that's also different about this also is uh cascade goes on the stack that's the thing that's also different so like when it, 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 it would when you have like blood Bright elf it cascades when you cast it so it's a lot better against counter spells and like it discovers mm-hmm. an etb so it's a lot better with flickers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and this is my again cry for we have felidar guardian on the ban list take it mm-hmm. off uh, please yeah. ban sahili but i guess we do have sahili like technically i guess we can geological appraiser into sahili down take the sahili on geological appraiser boom i broke pioneer Huh. <laughs> well, what we kind of need is we need like you know if we had a three mana one that can go into um, fires invention. So you know you sacrifice a two mana enchantment, find something that costs three, and then go find a two drop enchantment again. That would be I think a playable. Nope, card. not in fires because you ha- it, no. it's a cast, right? And so it is. It, a cast. it doesn't get yeah, through that's fires. A, that's a too. It, it just becomes a non bow with uh. fires. Like I think the thing is like it, it, we have to have good flicker support for discover specifically. And mm. the fact, so like, there's there's this there's a I'm I'm gonna spoil a little bit because we we're already talking about it, but there's a five mana planeswalker that has a discover four like option, and oh my god, if this card if if Felidar Guardian, I'm gonna cry again, if Felidar Guardian existed in the format, this card would be so good, but it doesn't, so I cry again. Huh. Yeah, that'd be okay. Like that would mean. If you're, are you saying like make a combo deck where Felidar is your only hit with Quindarius? Not No, not even. Just like you're more of like this like mid range pile. Like, because like, like the reason I really okay. hate like, uh, sorry, Invasion of Alara would also just be really good. Like, you could be like this like, like Yorion style where you're just trying to ramp into these more value cast spells from exile type thing with this Planeswalker. So oh, we'll talk about the Planeswalker later a little bit more, but. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about some specific cards later. Yeah. Uh, I did want to go over one more broader mechanic, which is that we do have double face cards again, and specifically we, we have a new way to transform some things, which is this craft. Um, and essentially, what it's saying is it'll be like, oh, craft, and then some kind of cost. So like craft with an artifact, um, and it'll be like monocost, and then craft with an artifact. You will exile. You'll pay that cost, and then exile either an artifact from play. Or an artifact from your graveyard, mm-hmm. um, and then you get to you know exile the the card that crafted, and it'll come back on its backside, which is something bigger and yeah. better. So it's like you know a way to transform something into something better. Uh, these have all seemed okay. There, there has not been one that's impressive with me. This just reminds me of Meld, if you remember that one from forever ago mm. or whatever, with like yeah. the five cards that had it, um, and all of them have seen awful, and nothing has still impressed me. I'm I'm the Debbie Downer. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking like some of these are just like okay, you know, they remind me a little bit more of like the um, they're not called oaths, were they? But like the you know, like two mana scry to draw a card, omens. and then you can pay more. Yeah, the omens. Like it's it's like a cheap enchantment that you can later pay more to do something. And in particular, these are all 
clearly seem a lot better if you can exile the card from your graveyard rather than you know exiling a card you have in play. Yeah, or well, there's one that's too mad to discard your hand, transform it, or whatever. Like, uh, sorry, I guess that's not the craft oh, yeah. one, but. There's still a lot of these like other ones. Oh, there's the one that's like craft with a dinosaur, a pirated dinosaur, dinosaur or whatever. Like, hmm. um, there, there, I don't know. There's just not an impressive craft. Well, well that, that's a good lead in to the last um, mechanic, quote unquote, that I'd want to talk about is that we do have some typal synergies again. You know, the last time we were on Ixalan, it was really dinosaurs, pirates, um, vampires, and merfolk. And all of those are, you know, th- there's not really much in the way of decks in pioneer but i think that all of those have some support you know i think i'll be looking at all of those for some kind of potential deck yep that's not really a mechanic but yeah um there's a couple of mechanics <laughs> the one-offs you're you're <laughs> um you know battle cries one-off i saw cycling is another one that's showing up that's coming cycler. back um there was a one-off cycler as well. um, rebound card yeah um, finality is another new mechanic. It's just basically uh, another way to say exile something when it, after it dies when it comes back from the dead. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not really a mechanic. Yeah. It's just a you know a type of counter that's on some things that they'll be using. And, you know, and we've we've had this before where it's like, oh, you bring it back, and then anytime it dies, we exile yeah. it. Um, and they're just calling it with a specific. I don't kind of token know that does that. if this would be a mechanic, but uh, there's a lot of gods. It's so gods matter cards. Yeah, not, <laughs> hey, you're over here saying that, uh, God's matter cards, everything. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think this kind of goes into my my next point here, which is just kind of like from the early spoilers. What are you excited about? Like, are you excited about a card in in you know specifically? Or are you excited more about like what what's going on in in the set? So like you know, Kevin, you were talking about the typal support from like the dinosaurs and the vampires and Marvel. There's even some spirits in there. Um, yeah. So what do you guys? What do you guys wanna, think might have an impact? I want to jump in first. Not have an impact, oh. but I already know what card um, Ryan is excited about. You know what I'm going to No, I know what Ryan's excited about. Mm-hmm. There is a bard that got printed, and I think Ooh. he is so excited for it. Kowatli is, is a bard. It's human warrior bard. Okay. It's it's a very bad card, but now you actually have a bard for your bard class, and I'm just I saying. I haven't even checked it out yet. Yeah. It's very bad. Um, but I'll let you. I'll let you go for the happy one. I know exactly what you're going to talk about. Go for it, Kevin. Uh, do you know what I I'm talking, I know about? talking about? I was going to talk about. Uh, I'm calling her Abba because I can never remember her actual name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, because her initials are ABA. It's Amalia Benavides Aguirre. Yes. Uh, this new vampire. Uh, that might just be the Spanish name. I don't even know if it's been translated yet. But there's a new combo deck in Pioneer, um, and it's a creature-based combo deck, which is something I'm really excited about, and I think I've been asking for for a while is there's this two-mana legendary vampire that has wards pay three life, which is just something, but whenever you gain life, she explores, and then if you have, um, if her power is exactly 20, you also destroy all other creatures. Um, And what this does is Wild Growth Walker plus her means that if you gain a life, she'll explore. When you explore, you gain three life, um, and that will continue and continue until you've, you know, milled half your deck, drawn like eight lands gained like 80 life nice. and destroyed all creatures nice. and now you've got a 2020 power creature yeah, and you just attack them when they're dead hopefully <laughs> yeah. and yeah like and even if they're not dead you know like i said you've got a full hand a full graveyard 
um, and 90 life or whatever. Nice. And obviously the problem kind of is like that you, uh, that you kind of wrath your own board, but you're attacking for 20, hopefully. So it kind of works out. But mm-hmm. I was talking to, talking to Claudio about this and like the deck, the deck's probably not going to be like all in on Explorer. Uh, it's probably going to be more of like an Abzan Coco, uh, with like Skyclave Apparition and like a lot. And like you would be playing like the Explorer cards you'd be playing is like, jade light and maybe merfolk branch walker uh i think it's a little bit more into up to interpretation for because we, we we don't have all of the site yet so maybe there's another explore card that comes out but yeah the new kellen i think is reasonable yeah is very yeah. Reasonable. new, new kellen's like actually kind of like it's kind of good now that we know what map tokens are and like we can actually like evaluate the yeah. card but uh you, you'd play a lot more of this like mid-rangey style interact kind of thing and then you just randomly kill out of 20 out of nowhere i guess you couldn't play skyclave because it's kind of awkward when you kill your own skyclave and now they have a blocker for your 2020 <laughs> but oh yeah something, yeah something 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 will be figured out and some by someone much smarter so but i think that this is kind of along the the what you know i think that some people will try and go too all in on making it just a combo deck but i think that i agree with you that we've kind of been saying like, Hey, we don't have just a like, Oh, I'm going to dink around and then hit my devoted druid, or I'm going to dink around and then hit my, um, uh, kitchen finks combo. Like those are the kind of things that pioneer has kind of had a lacking in as being like an archetype that's present in a lot of other formats and being able to do it fully on the creature base, you know, make it a cocoa deck, make it a heavy creature deck. That's what I really like about this. So I'm going to be trying a lot of different cards in this and I'm excited to see where it can go. Yeah. I know I got a. I know I got two cards. I at least wanted to like mention one of them being something that was already touched on earlier, um, that being the planeswalker. Uh, so we only get like one planeswalker yeah. set now, so we kind of have to like look at this with a little bit more scrutiny. Uh, and this one's the, the elephant planeswalker. We got Quantorius Cond, uh, three in Boros, four loyalty, and this one's got the what I call flavor text, but it's just one of those static abilities. Um, whenever you cast a spell from exile, it deals two to each opponent, and you gain two. The plus one is a three. You get a three-two red and white spirit creature token. Its minus three is discover four, and its ultimate is exile any number of target cards from your graveyard. Add one red for each card exile this way. You may play these these turn. Um, the most obvious home for this is Boros Pia and like the sideboard kind of where you just kind of like need more of these like uh more of this grindy thing uh and uh, like you just need to be able to like like because like this will deal a lot of damage to your opponent because of Ren's Resolve, because of these other cards that already just exist, because of the showdowns of Skulls. And uh, Boros Pia has this problem where kind of like, what, how do you sideboard against Boros Pia? You bring in board clears, you bring in all of this stuff that just kills creatures, because that's usually what they're scared about the most. Having a Planeswalker that kind of just like fits into this archetype kind of really works out for them. Mm. And the other one I was thinking is Niv. This card kind of just works in Niv pretty well. So, Because hmm. yeah. like you can bring the light, cast it, trigger it just works out well you can't bring delight oh no no, no i mean like bring delight yeah, if you've got play. bring delight in play you can or, sorry, yeah, with yeah, something else would be nice yeah. and uh another cry because i do want my fellow at our guard because like imagine how cool it would be down tick this planeswalker hit fell at our guardian re-hit it uh but you also get a trigger and then you go again and then you go and you go and then i don't know i, I just really like that that's are you uh yeah you cast your bring to light and grab your fellow at our guardian to flicker this and <laughs> go again yeah that's exactly what I would love. Makes me sad. Love it. But uh, um, uh, Ryan, you got anything excited about? Yeah, you got a card you're really I mean, excited are about. Are you guys done? Because I mean, I have like just, I'm not going to talk about a card in particular, but I did want to kind of point out I'm kind of excited for the reprints. I'm glad 
Resplendent Angel got a reprint. I'm glad that Cavern of Souls is being reprinted into Pioneer, which is great. We also got some Uncharted Chorus is getting reprinted. I'm not saying that we needed it, but it's just cool to see these come back. Um, and the other thing I'm kind of excited about, just this theme of artifact matters or um, you know, just more ways to use artifacts, I think is cool. Uh, I'm kind of excited about the map tokens and like how maybe that could work with... Uh, you know stuff like my uh my insole deck and and shrapnel blast and and stuff like that so um yeah. just another brewing art- wise i'm excited for another artifact you know what i'd missed being spoiled how, how do you guys feel about the caves okay cycle? i caves think it's interesting suck. caves suck but so bad <laughs> we can talk about that with the set review though yeah sure and i think yeah, yeah. i think the other thing that other there's two things that i wanted to mention is like hot takes just you know have people yell at me in the discord for a week so you know i'm not so lonely okay uh, Cavern of Souls is going to suck in Pioneer. I hate to say it. It's not going to be that great. I don't think it's going to be that format warping now that I've like started thinking about it, like actually analyzing the format. Because what decks Cavern of Souls is going to be good in are going to be like obviously these like creature decks, right? And yeah. the way that and the way that Pioneer kind of works is like how do you beat these creature decks as the control deck that what Cavern of Souls is just apparently so good against? Do you you cast or cancel with do upside? You, That's do you it. think it's your absorbs that. are really gonna like is what make or break against uh, mono white humans mm-hmm. with Cavern of Souls? No, it's removing their things that are already just in play yeah. with board clears and things like that. Um, I think exactly, maybe yeah. Cavern of Souls might make like spirits like a little bit more have an edge against the control matchups and that's about it it will not be end all be all all of these five color creature decks are all going to be so good or spirits is broken or bad or something like that i think it's gonna be very impactful um if anything like uh, i think the thing that gets the most love from it is in fact spirits like mono white lesso honestly like it's okay it is just okay and then I was just excited about an uncommon that got spoiled today. Oh, next man. time, next time. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Well, I'm ready to wrap it up. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready to wrap it up. All right. Well, that was the end of our episode. Um, you guys should go ahead and follow us on Twitter because that's where we talk about things. We also, from there, you can find a link to our Discord where we talk about more things. And those things are Pioneer. So, yeah, we're at MTG Pioneer on Twitter. Four years old with that account because we've been here since the format started. And you guys can find me on Twitter as well. Uh, my uh, account is Yo Japan Hobbyist. Also on Discord, I always post stuff in the jank files. Um, so check that out. And Ashiok? What's up? It's your boy, Ashiok. And uh, yeah, uh, I, ha- I haven't had a whole lot going on. I don't really have a whole lot of people to shout out other than in the f- during the most recent face-to-face, a lot of my homies ended up doing really well. So really proud of all of them. Um, and uh, I appreciate everyone listening and, you know, supporting us and uh, not to get emotional, but it's always been fun on here. I've been, I think I'm at like, I don't, I don't know how long I've been on here for, like as a consistent guest. I think it's been like six months now or something like that. It's been nice. very nice. Yeah, it's been, it's quite been very nice. I very much so enjoyed it. All right, well, that's going to bring us to the end of our show. Thank you guys for listening. We are the First Pioneers Podcast, and we look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. Ryan, I'm going to give it to you to, uh, to take us out of this episode. Um, uh, we're talking about caves and caverns, so we're spelunking out.